0: Hey, welcome back to the Loud Bible Project podcast. I'm Mike, and I'm just here trying my best to read the Bible like it makes a difference. It's made a difference in my life. Hope it's made a difference in your life. So let's just read it like it matters, you know? We're in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, specifically. And even more specifically, we're focused on the Apostle Paul. Now, Paul has been traveling throughout the Mediterranean region, sharing the good news about Jesus with anyone who will listen. And frankly, he found that the Jews wouldn't listen. So he basically said that he was done wasting his time with the Jews and would instead focus on preaching to the Gentiles. Of course, preaching about Jesus to entire cultures of people who are steeped in centuries worth of idol worship has its challenges. So let's join up with Paul again in Acts chapters 19 and 20. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper country, came to Ephesus and found certain disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, "Uh, no, we, we haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. He said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism? Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe in the one who would come after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with other languages and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. He entered into the synagogue and spoke boldly for a period of three months, reasoning and persuading about the things concerning God's kingdom. But when some were hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This continued for two years so that all who lived in Asia had heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. God worked special miracles by the hand of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were carried away from his body to the sick and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went on. But some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, took on themselves to invoke over those who had this evil spirits in the name of the Lord, saying, We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. There were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did this. The evil spirit answered, well, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? The man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks who lived at Ephesus. Fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Many also of those who had believed came, confessing and declaring their deeds. Many of those who practiced magical arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. They counted their price and they found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing and becoming mighty. Now, after these things had ended, Paul determined in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome. Having sent into Macedonia two of those who served him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time, there arose no small disturbance concerning the way. For a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen, whom he gathered together with the workmen of like occupation and said, Sirs, you know that by this business we have our wealth. You see and hear that not in Ephesus alone, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people saying they are no gods that are made with human hands. Not only is there danger that this, our trade, come into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be counted as nothing and her majesty destroyed whom all Asia and the world worships. When they heard this, they were filled with anger and cried out, saying, "'Great is Artemis of the Ephesians!' The whole city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus, men of Macedonia, Paul's companions, in travel. When Paul wanted to enter into the people, the disciples didn't allow him. Certain also of the Asiarchs, being his friends, sent to him and begged him not to venture into the theater." Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the the assembly was in confusion. Most of them didn't even know why they had come together. They brought Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. Alexander beckoned with his hand and would have made a defense to the people. But when they perceived that he was a Jew, all with one voice for a time of about two hours cried out, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! When the town clerk had quieted the multitude, he said, You men of Ephesus, what man is there who doesn't know that the city of the Ephesians is temple-keeper of the great goddess Artemis, and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Seeing, then, that these things can't be denied, you ought to be quiet, and to do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess." If, therefore, Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a matter against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them press charges against one another. But if you seek anything about other matters, it will be settled in the regular assembly. For, indeed, we are in danger of being accused concerning today's riot, there being no cause. Concerning it, we wouldn't be able to give an account of this commotion. When he had thus spoken, he dismissed the assembly. After the uproar had ceased, Paul sent for the disciples, took leave of them, and departed to go into Macedonia. When he had gone through those parts and had encouraged them with many words, he came into Greece. When he had spent three months there, and a plot was made against him by the Jews as he was about to set sail for Syria, he determined to return through Macedonia. These accompanied him as far as Asia, Sopater of Berea, Aristarchus, and Secundus of the Thessalonians. Gaius of Derbe, Timothy, and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. But these had gone ahead and were waiting for us at Troas. We sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread and came to them at Troas in five days, where we stayed seven days. On the first day of the week when the disciples were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on the next day, and continued his speech until midnight. There were many lights in the upper room where we were gathered together. and A certain young man named Eutychus sat in the window, weighed down with deep sleep. As Paul spoke still longer, being weighed down by his sleep, he fell down from the third floor and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell upon him and embracing him and said, don't be troubled for his life is in him. When he had got up, and had broken bread and eaten, and had talked with him a long while, even until break of day, he departed. They brought the boy in alive and were greatly comforted. But we, going ahead to the ship, set sail for Assos, intending to take Paul aboard there, for he had so arranged, intending himself to go by land. When he met us at Assos, we took him aboard and came to Mytilene. Sailing from there, we came the following day, opposite Chios, The next day we touched at Samos and stayed at Trogilium, and the day after we came to Miletus. For Paul had determined to sail past Ephesus that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening, if it were possible for him, to be in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to himself the elders of the assembly. When they had come to him, he said to them, You yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you all the time, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and with trials, which happened to me by the plots of the Jews, how I didn't shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable, teaching you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus. Now I go bound by the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions wait for me. But (laughs) these things don't count, nor do I hold my life dear to myself, that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to fully testify to the good news of the grace of God. Now I know that you all, among whom I went about preaching God's kingdom, will see my face no more. Therefore I I testify to you today that I am clean from the blood of all men, for I didn't shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, to yourselves. And to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the assembly of the Lord and God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know that after my departure, vicious wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will arise from among your own selves, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore watch remembering that for a period of three years, I didn't cease to admonish everyone night and day with tears. Now, brothers, I entrust you to God and to the work of his grace, which is able to build up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver, gold, or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands served my necessities and those who are with me. In all things, I gave you an example so that laboring, you ought to help the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had spoken these things. He knelt down and prayed with them all. They all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him sorrowing most of all because of the word which he had spoken that they should see his face no more. Then they accompanied him to the ship. Is there any group of people that you could talk to where you could say the sorts of things Paul said with as much certainty as he did? I'm not guilty of mistreating you. I never held back a single truth about God. I didn't stop admonishing you all to be true to God. I never asked anything from you. Everything I did was to be an example to you. Man, what if we lived in such a way that we could say those things to our family, our co-workers, our church? That is the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Outloud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.